0: Welcome back everybody. Balls and Beards podcast episode number 19 already. Sports guy Chris. I'm here with my good friend Mikey. How are you doing today, Mikey? Doing fantastic, Chris. How are uh, you? I'm doing very good, brother. I'm really excited for episode 19 already here. We've got some great stuff, yeah, we of do. course. You know, we had the uh the NBA uh trade deadline last week. We've had some buyout moves since then, you know, some some talk around the league as far as that goes. You know, yeah. we'll we'll cover that. Uh, As far as the NFL goes, we've got the draft coming up, you know, end of April. It's starting to get there, but a few teams wanted to, you know, um, liven up mock drafts and the so on this past week. San Francisco moved up to number three, and we are going to lead off with that today. Big big moves uh, as far as the team's jostling for position at the top of the draft, of course. San Francisco moved up to take the number three pick with Miami. Miami shifted back to twelve and then immediately moved up to six and got Philly's pick. Philly has dropped back to twelve. So what does that mean for Jalen Hurts and Philly? What does it mean mostly for San Francisco? What did the 49ers have cooking? Mikey, what do you think they're doing over there? I mean, it would suggest you're gonna take a quarterback to move up to that three spot, but you still have Jimmy G sitting there. Um, dude, what's your take on this? What do you think the Niners are doing?
1: Uh I don't know. <laughs> um you know i i i you know by all accounts based upon what i've read and seen from workouts um you know it seems as though there's a lot of good quarterbacks there's yeah a good yeah quality quarterbacks that can they can Five, you know, take really. some snaps yeah and you know what i mean and there's a lot of teams yep. looking for quarterbacks and you know i i think you know as much as the case is you know i think with something like this you know, clearly, I think the Niners have somebody in mind, and yeah. you know, yep. with um, I think you're right, you know, with with um, the dude, you know, potentially going first, um, you know, I, I, that pretty much is set. I forgot the the gentleman's name. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he seems to be the consensus number one overall. Yeah. And he's the guy that everyone was kind of gunning for. Yep. But, you know, you've got these other guys that have kind of been moving up the draft boards and stuff like that for quarterbacks performing well in their workouts and and, and interviews and stuff like that. So, you know, as much as it is is in the NFL in particular, you know, when a team finds their guy, they jostle for position and they get to a spot where they can get that guy. Um, you know, if the Niners were, you know, weren't concerned that their guy wouldn't fall, they wouldn't have moved up. Yeah. Um, And so I think that that's probably the case here. Um, You know, and look, I, I think, and you see this in basketball a lot. And I always come back to it, but you do see it in football too. There is such a thing as healthy competition.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know what yes. I mean? And you do yes. see this in particular
1: yes. with quarterbacks in the NFL, it yeah. seems, where, you know, you got teams with two viable options at starting QB. And, you know, they go into training camp or in the basketball, you see two guys that are, you know, could be vying in legitimate cases to be made for starting point guard, for example. Yep. And you go into training camp and you're like, hey, no decision has been made. The coaches come out and they say, look, they got to earn it in training camp. Yeah. They got to earn it in preseason. Yep. So if you're Jimmy G, you know, you're, you're looking at this like, okay, yeah. Granted, most of these QBs in the NFL seem to be kind of, Sensitive when it comes to this stuff. I mean, you just look at the Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts situation yeah. in Philly this yeah, last season. Yeah, good point. Yeah. And instead of rallying behind the team and rallying behind the team concept, you smoke around and you you, you say things in the media. Yeah, and it's you even
0: know, it's even come out that that sorry to interrupt no, that, that Wentz. Um, I read some recently. As soon as he got benched, started contemplating how he could get and force a trade out of Philly. Sure. So, you know. So and in hand.
1: you know and and but. The thing is, is that somebody like Jimmy G, this is a guy that was already coming in off the bench.
0: Yeah. He came into a
1: situation in the Niners, and if I'm not mistaken, didn't come in as a starter right away either. No,
0: no, Kyle, you're right. Shanahan did not start him right right away. Right, and so, you know,
1: he kind of worked his way into that starting spot. So. This isn't a guy that's been a starter his entire career, and then all of a sudden there's talk about him being benched. Yeah. Right, right. Good so point. I, I don't think that this is – I and I don't know him from a hole in the wall, but sure. I, who knows how he's going to react. I haven't seen anything as far as, you know, what his reaction to this move is. Mm. And who knows? I mean, maybe the Niners have somebody else in mind at that number three. I doubt it. But, you know, I don't know Jimmy G's stats, but if you've got the chance to get a good young arm – that could yeah. potentially be Jimmy G's replacement. Then, by all means, you got to do what you got to do. You got to yeah, do what's best for your totally. franchise, and yep. your loyalty, your front office, is loyal to your franchise, loyal to the to the team concept, if you will, mostly by and large. And you're going to do what's best for your team. I think that's what they're doing. I, I think they have a plan in place. You know, um, the, mo- the swaps between, you know, the Dolphins and the Eagles, yeah, that is what it is. I think the bigger news, obviously, here is San Francisco moving up to number three. Totally agree. And the other thing, too, is, is that they've seen, the Niners have seen, you know, uh, uh, the Cardinals. My Cardinals yeah. making moves. Yeah, we just making, signed yes. Colt McCoy yeah. um, to yeah. a one-year contract. Uh, you know, we're making moves. You see what Seattle's doing and them yep. keeping Russell Wilson. And you see the competition and arguably the hardest division in, the, in Again, NFL. Yeah,
0: I completely agree. Yeah, But yep. the absolute hardest division. Rams added Stafford. They got better at quarterback. Right, back. exactly. Yep. So you
1: see all of this. The Niners are the Niners and they can't be left in the dust. Yeah, you're and, right. And, you know, um, I, I think that this is a move that obviously keeps them in the conversation. I Definitely. mean, it helps in terms of just having an overall perception of your franchise and for free agents, for everything, there's still free agents out there who knows. And, 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 you know, maybe it's just the kind of energizing pick that, uh, or move that could help, you know, propel you. I mean, this is going to be a bloodbath of a division. Yeah, man. it is.
0: You're right. Um, it, it I don't really know if is. anybody
1: really is going to run away with this. No, but, you know, right. outside of, you know, bottling up lightning, you know, or whatever. So I don't know, man, I, but they did what they had to do. Kudos to them. Um and you know let's see wh- how that shakes down in you know the NF- the NFC West let's see yeah how that dude down.
0: you know Mikey I, th- I think you make great points again and we've mentioned it of course before several times but that division is going to be tough and we, like you mentioned the moves your Cardinals made and I'm and your, San Francisco's sitting there and I think they're looking at that okay Cardinals added J.J. Watt they've added some other you know talent here or there offensively. Seattle's running it back. You know, they're not going to trade Russell Wilson. He'll be there again. We have to deal with him. And, oh, by the way, now we have to go against Matt Stafford twice a year instead of, you know, Goff. Okay, we saw what we have in Jimmy G. We got to the Super Bowl two years ago, but by all accounts, that was because of the run game and defense. Nobody gave Jimmy G any credit for that Super Bowl run. Um, And they still don't in hindsight, and that's fine. So I look at this. Kyle Shanahan's got a really complex offense. We know that. And you look at the kind of, so you go back to Atlanta. He he did wonders with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's a pocket guy. He has no mobility. Jimmy G, a pocket guy, no mobility. Very much similar in that regard. I think they got enamored with one guy coming out right now, and I think it's Trey Lance. I think that's why they're Mm -hmm. moving up to number three. The guy out of North Dakota State, who up until a couple months ago, I didn't know a whole lot about. I don't think a lot of people did. Um, again, when you're playing in North Dakota State, you know, you're know you an FCS. You're a little bit under the radar. Yeah. FCS didn't even have fall football this last year. It was moved to the spring. So that dude played one game and declared. Only one game this year and, hmm. and declared. Now, as 2019. You go back and look at that, and he was phenomenal in 2019. North Dakota State won the, the FCS National Championship. But for that season, um, he threw 28 touchdowns and no picks. Uh, ran for 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns. He's big. He's 6'4, 224, but he has a physicality element, a la you know Cam Newton. He can kind of run the ball, something that Kyle Shanahan's never had to be able to mold and work with as an offensive coordinator. You know, slash now of course, uh, head coach for San Francisco. So to me, I think I think they saw the workout like a lot of people did, they were really impressed. And I think he likes that added element of the athleticism because he hasn't had that. San Francisco, what's their bread and butter been the last couple of years? Their run game, right? Yeah. I mean, they destroyed Green Bay in that FC title game running the football, but they destroyed everybody that year running the football. So, that was Frank Gore, wasn't it? Yeah, Frank Gore, most hurt, you know, whatever guy they threw out there ran for a bajillion yards. They had Matt Breida, like literally. <laughs> they, they threw out a running back every week, and, and those they guys went them. crazy. So um, he's got a great zone-blocking system. But offensively, the quarterback position, it is a difficult offense and you do have to have, by all accounts, you know, people around the league, you got to have something going on upstairs. You have to have some intelligence to do it. Another reason, I guess, why people really, really love Trey Lance, he called off his own protections in college, which is something that's pretty much unheard of, especially at the FCS level. Now, you're playing against FCF level opponents as well. So the defenses aren't as sophisticated as what you're gonna see in D1 football. They're not as sophisticated as what Trevor Lawrence is gonna see playing for Clemson or Mac Jones for Alabama. But that being said, the talent around him that he's working with that's blocking in front of him, of course, is not gonna be as good as what those guys have too. So, you know, there's all those trade-offs. But to me, this screams Trey Lance. I think that's why they moved up to number three. I don't think they're going to go with Mac Jones. I think he would have he would have been there from Alabama. I know there's some talk Shanahan saw his workout in person and that was the only guy he went and saw in person. So some people are like, "Oh, did he give away his hand?" And like, "Dude, the coaches aren't going to give away their hand. They're no. they're going to do stuff to throw all their teams off. That's right, that's what right, this right. time of year is about in the yeah, NFL." Yeah, yeah. Nobody's giving you face value. It's all right it's now. all a game
1: of poker. It's yeah, all a game of, of, exactly. of chess. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Nobody wants to give your hand going into the draft. They right. want everybody, well, what are they going to do? So, uh but to me I think it's Trey Lance. I think that's the guy they're looking at. I just think that he, you know, they fell in love maybe with his his physicality, what that could open up for their offense if you bring in a mobile quarterback into an offense that can already run the ball really good and he's got a great arm. I mean, he made all the throws in his workouts. So, um, you know, certainly a lot, a lot to love about this guy, even with the small sample size this year. But, um, then you look at, at a couple of the other quarterbacks, you know, Justin Fields just had a great workout for Ohio State. Um, and, and again, this guy was the consensus number two quarterback going into this year, hands down. He had a couple rough games this year that he didn't have last year. They had some people pump the brakes, but um, in the national semifinal game this year, he he looked fantastic. I mean, he, he was good. He was really, really good. Um, so, um, yeah, I, and by all accounts, he just had a great pro day. I mean, look, we already know this, like you pointed out, Mikey, Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one at Jacksonville. So yeah. what did the Jets do at two? You know, there's a lot of speculation. They're going to take a quarterback, move on from Sam Darnold. Of course, there hasn't been any moves for Sam Darnold yet, so we'll see what happens. But you got to think with five quarterbacks sitting there, Zach Wilson's the other guy we didn't mention from BYU, who a lot of people are high on too. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, where these guys all go. But you look at the draft order, I think quarterbacks are going to go one, two, and three. You got Jacksonville, yeah. the Jets, and the 49ers. It makes sense. Atlanta's sitting at four. They still have Matt Ryan. I don't think they're going quarterback. At five, you have Cincinnati. They just took Joe Burrow, number one, last year. They won't go quarterback. Miami sitting at six. It seems like they've now by trading back they're gonna invest in Tua. I think, and I've heard this rumor. I think they're gonna take Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida, right there. It, it would make sense, you know. Miami, Kyle Pitts played for Florida. That guy just had some incredible, like incredible workout day. I mean, okay. he's a tight end. He ran a four 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 forty, four four four. Like that is insane. That would be really good for your speed burner wide receiver. And he's a tight end, oh, by the way, that can block. He's got the biggest uh, wingspan out of any tight end. I just heard today, actually, out of any tight end prospect the last 20 years. I think that's wow. what Miami's doing at okay. six. Okay. Detroit, Carolina, and Denver at seven, eight, nine. Those teams all can need a quarterback. So I think, you know, whatever quarterbacks don't go in the first three, I think it gobbled up in it right there, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, looking at it. I, I, so I what mean, you're saying
1: is, is that this is going to be a very top-heavy
0: quarterback. I think draft. so, yeah, I really do. I there's really a lot do. of talent. I mean, it seems there's, like there's a lot of, lot of talent. talent. There's a lot of talent there. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's my speculation. I think they're leaning Trey Lance. We'll see what happens there. But, um, dude, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it was Justin Fields. You know, if, if the Jets don't take Fields at 2 um, that wouldn't necessarily shock me either. But I think it's going to be Fields or Lance, and I'm leaning towards the 49ers okay. taking Lance. So we'll see what happens. What does that mean for Jimmy G? I'm not sure, uh, but I don't know if you can have a guy on the books for 30 to $35 million and be your backup quarterback. Okay. That just doesn't make sense in today's NFL. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do, even if they do draft a rookie and then they do the whole – we're gonna do what we did with Jimmy G with the rookie, right? We're gonna have him sit at first, and we'll right, play right. Jimmy G until he's ready. Well, but, but I mean, how do you be? How are you how ready? You sit sell on the bench? Jimmy G on that, you oh, yeah. know? Like, yeah. oh, by the way, bro, you took us to the Super Bowl two years ago. We're gonna start you, but only till the rookie we just drafted to replace you is ready. I don't know if he's gonna necessarily say, yeah, let me uh, jump a hundred percent on board with that with one. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I they. They got to still figure out what they're going to do with him, which is going to be interesting, to say the least. But, oh, brother, hey, NFL always throwing some interesting stuff in the mix, man, I tell Um, you. We'll take a quick segment break. When we come back, we'll jump in. We got a lot of good NBA talk we want to cover today as well. Uh, Balls and Beards podcast, episode 19, cruising right along. We'll be right back. Welcome back everybody, Balls and Beards podcast episode 19. We just talked a little San Francisco 49ers moving up in the uh, in the trade here. Who we think they're going to take? And now we're going to go over to the NBA. Of course, Mikey, we had a yeah. trade deadline last week. We, yeah, we had did. some big names moving, and we've had some additions in the buyout market. But, bro, I want to start with some of those big names that switched teams last week. Yeah. I want to get your take on, on uh, some of those guys and what it means for these contenders moving forward. Of course, you know, Aldridge to the Nets. Uh, Clippers, nab Rondo, Aaron Gordon ended up finally getting shipped to the Nuggets, Nuggets. um, just to name a few of the names. But uh, Mikey, I'm really excited to get your take on what you think these moves mean to these franchises going forward.
1: So um, one of my first takes is, you know, we we talked about it prior to, you know, in last week's episode, in episode 18. You know, I mean, I'm happy to see that the Magic finally committed to yeah, blowing things too, up, man. yeah, um, me too. Busevich going to Chicago was yeah, a bit no, of a shock. Yeah, I, I did mean, not. mean, you know, see they finally had an All Star in in him this year, yeah. and you know, he played well. He's been playing well. Um, you know, and Chicago, made a move, and I, I think for Chicago, you know, you gave up Wendell Carter Jr. Um, you know, you gave up some young pieces. Sure. But they've been right there in the playoff hunt in terms of the play-in tournament. Right. They're currently sitting at number ten. All right. They've been kind of, you know, up and down. They've They're three flopping. and seven in their last ten. They've lost four in a row. So, you know, Vucevic, I think, helps them potential. Yeah. I think it helps keep them in the play-in tournament. I, I don't agree. think it moves yeah. the needle to them in the top six, but I do think it keeps Chicago, especially if the Raptors are reeling, the Wizards aren't doing anything, the Cavaliers aren't doing anything. So I think the top 10 teams that you do see currently in the Eastern Conference, they're just going to be jostling for position. Yeah. Yep. But I do think Vucevic going to Chicago is going to help them. Um, you totally know, great. Aaron Gordon going to Denver, you know, Denver gave up um, an often injured but incredibly talented Gary Harris Jr. To, yep. And get him, I think he was the biggest name in terms of Denver that they gave up to get Aaron Gordon. Um, yep. You know, a lot of people are saying that this move helps them contend with the Lakers, with, you know, the Clippers in terms of Aaron Gordon being a two-way player, and being able to guard Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James. The problem is, is that <laughs> when it comes to defensive player of the year, yeah, Aaron Gordon's name never gets brought up.
0: Yeah. So
1: while he might be an earnest defender, the fact that you're putting this much pressure on a guy that's played in mediocre Orlando teams, not yeah. to mention he's been often injured.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know,
1: this is not a guy I think he's a guy that can move the needle. Absolutely. But I, I do think that he is a slightly better version of Michael Porter Jr.
0: Yeah. I so agree he's with that. more yeah. offensively sound. Yeah. He
1: is more of a two way player. One hundred percent. Cause Michael Porter Jr. Doesn't play any defense. No, he doesn't. But, you know, Gary Harris was a large part of what they were doing last year in the playoffs. Yep. You know, your 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 two biggest pieces for Denver are, you know, Joker and, and Jamal Murray. Yeah. And you didn't have to give up them. How how much move of the needle does it move? I'm not entirely sure. It remains to be seen. Um but I, I like that move. I mean and Aaron Gordon's like got it a fresh too. start. Yeah, you know? yeah. Right, I like absolutely. You.
0: Now it's can you get him to buy in to be a three and D guy, which like right. you were kinda of pointing out, it's not really been his forte so far. I mean, you're gonna be the fourth offensive option now. You were most likely the second, you know, for a long time in yeah. Orlando or yeah. you know, a big part of yes, the absolutely. offense Come now. On. You're not. You're going to be asked to do different stuff. Like Absolutely, you pointed out defense right. more and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you know, how does he make that? Does it fit? Does it? Does he make that transition? Correct. Correct.
1: So I mean, obviously, what you see on a lot of t- I mean, you know, for the last two seasons plus. Aaron Gordon has been in the conversation of trade talk.
0: Yeah. He finally yep. gets
1: that move. Yes. So I'm really curious to see how he rebalance and actually. Yeah. Most right. of the time. Yeah. Guys like this, they, they play energized. They, they find something, they find a second, you know, they find a second, third, fourth gear, whatever. And they kick it up a notch and, you know, they try and prove their former team or the NBA. Yeah. Role, right. I mean, so I think that's, what's going to happen here. One of the things that I think is, uh, an epic fail, once again, and I I think that I wouldn't be surprised if I'm ownership I'm putting his butt in the hot seat. That's Danny Ainge and the and and the Boston Celtics. Yeah, man, you did trade. Uh, you made a trade with Orlando to get Evan Fournier. You got another guy that can shoot the basketball. He's been struggling this year, but you got yet another guard in a very guard-heavy lineup. Yeah, yeah. you trade away Daniel Tice, who is your best center. Yeah. You didn't you didn't get. Andre Drummond, yeah. You didn't get any. You didn't go out there and try and get Miles Turner, which there was talk for previous yeah. weeks about them trying to Good trade point. for Miles Turner. Good point. Yeah, you didn't give up any of your guys, really. But you're running it back with yet. You're bringing Brad Stevens essentially the same roster. You traded away his starting center. You're putting faith in a young guy, in was it Robert Williams, I believe. You 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 and and, you know, Tristan Thompson. An undersized center that is not exactly uh, – yeah, Robert Williams III, sorry. You know, you, you have Tristan Thompson. You don't have and – and then you went and got Mo Wagner. And so Danny Ainge made a move that would have put, moved the needle to some degree if you would have kept the rest of the roster. But then you immediately did a, a, a money-saving move and traded Daniel Tice for Mo Wagner, former Laker. Who's shot the ball well? He's played well. Yeah. He's been an interesting prospect type player. But for what? It just doesn't make much sense. Danny Angel's been sitting on draft picks. He's been sitting on all of this young talent. Yeah. And once again, you make a move that barely moves the needle in a loaded Eastern Conference now where you've got these other teams that have leapfrogged you, right? You had an opportunity this season to really make some moves. Now, granted, Kemba Walker was hurt. You, you've right, had some injuries. Yeah. Jalen Brown was out for a little bit there. Jason Tatum's been pretty much—he's been consistent this year. Marcus Smart has been out of the lineup. I get it. So Brad Stevens has been dealing with that. But what more reason do you need to help bring in some help in Boston? Right, man. Yeah. New Jersey has leaped yeah. you. Yeah. New, you know, Philadelphia has leapfrogged you. Yeah. Um. You know, you can look at other uh, other teams. Your Milwaukee Bucks are still. Oh yeah. I mean. The freaking upstart Charlotte Hornets are currently sitting at number 4th in the Eastern Conference. The New York Knicks are sitting at number 5 in the Eastern Conference, with the Atlanta Hawks sitting at number 6. The Boston Celtics are currently in the play-in tournament. There is no guarantee that this team even makes it past yeah. the play-in. You're right, yeah. Because if the Chicago Bulls or the Pacers or the Miami Heat, who've been arguably the most inconsistent team yeah, this the entire heat season, is
0: completely bipolar, and they you know, just traded just... for
1: Victor Oladipo, yeah, right. Wait, more yeah. for them if Oladipo yeah. proves to be anything resembling the player he was in <laughs> yeah. Indiana, they that got a great themselves move. I agree. They made yeah. a great move. Totally agree. Good two-way player. He's going to make some things happen. But again, this this NBA trade deadline goes back to Boston. Yep. Boston, yet again, missed the mark. Danny Ainge, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, uh, I can't explain it. If I'm a Boston fan, and I can't do that, yeah. um, <laughs> but like, I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand what they're doing in Boston. His unwillingness to trade Marcus Smart or Jalen yeah. Brown and bring yeah. in guys. I get it. You're kind of trying to build around Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I kind of get that. Yeah. But if you could see what you could get for Kemba Walker, I get it. You traded for him. You got rid of Kyrie Irving. Kemba Walker came in and was everything that Kyrie wasn't, right? But you still have – that's an asset. You look like you're building around, again, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You had young guys. You could have even thrown Daniel Tyson there. You could have made a move for Miles Turner, sure. a guy that's averaging like three and a half blocks a game this yeah, season. Yeah, that would have been big. You could have made a huge yep. move to help swing for the fences, to go into the deep run in the playoffs. You didn't do it. I don't know. And now who's going to play with you? Who's going to come into this? How do you do that? I don't understand that. And, and you know, I don't understand what they're doing in Boston. I, I really can't wrap my head around there. If there's anybody out there, a Boston fan, listens to this podcast Please reach out to me at Mikey Likes It at Balls and Beards Podcast. Yes. Hit yes. me with some comments, man. I I want to know because
0: I don't get it. I don't, Mikey. I agree. I don't either. Um. I mean, I think you hit hit the nail on the head early there. With I mean, how, how are you gonna guard Philly? How are you? Right. Who do you possibly have that can go out there and do anything remotely close to containing a bead? Yeah. Who the hell can you put on Giannis? Like I right. don't. I don't see it. You know, I just. Well, I mean, you're gonna have to put Jalen Brown, or you're gonna have to
1: put Jason Tatum. The problem is, is that those are two of your offensive stalwarts. Yeah, you need their offense. So, yeah, if you need they get in the foul trouble trying yeah. to guard against yeah. a Ben Simmons or a Giannis or someone like yeah. that. Jim yeah. Butler, Cameron um, Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. Yeah. You got all these guys that you have to go up against, and yeah. you're gonna. These guys are gonna be taxed. And look, Jalen Brown, when he first came in the first couple seasons before his offense really took off, he was him and Marcus yeah. Smart were part of their defense. Yeah, you're anchor. right. Yeah,
0: yeah. But
1: now Jalen Brown's offense has gone leaps grown leaps yeah. and bounds. Yeah. And now he's a key part of their offense. You totally. You yep. can't. It's hard for these guys. It's going to be hard for these guys when they don't have a, a, a meta world piece. When they don't have a Draymond Green. When they don't have a Danny Green. When they yeah. don't have one of these defensive stalwarts that can take on the other team's best player. You're going to have to be your best player on one end and the other
0: end. Yeah, too much. Over a seven-game series? That's too much, dude. Totally agree. Too much. Totally agree, man. Totally agree. When I saw that the Celtics' move was to... Just flop with Orlando, and like you said, get and they were in guard. talks for Aaron
1: Gordon, Chris. Yeah, yeah, they had an opportunity to I bring I thought Aaron that Gordon was the here. guy
0: that they were going to try and get. And when yeah. I saw it end up being Evan Forney, and no disrespect to him, but just like you pointed out, okay, great that a guard heavy team had another guard that and they're not going to be able to stop the three yeah. teams ahead of them in the East. So, yeah. I mean, any um, of the teams, not just any, those well, teams. you're right. I mean, yeah, there's any of them. Yeah. You you're know, right. There's a there's a whole bunch out of, of teams. The big three. Yeah there's, yeah. there's
1: three teams ahead of them. Charlotte Knicks
0: and the Hawks. Yeah, man. I uh, no, yeah. I agree. I I'm, I'm just not really sure what they're doing and yeah. you know, to go from where they were just a couple years ago, even last year, but to go from all these conference finals to like you said, there's no guarantee you're going to even going to be in the playoffs this year. It just seems like this team is, is headed towards some kind of weird blow up offseason. I don't really know yeah. how you can run it back um, and well, have that think, much I mean, of a decline. That's but. what I'm
1: saying. I think I, I, Brad Stevens, I think, to me. Has I mean and, and I is not being a Boston fan like Brad Stevens has done enough to earn keep his job.
0: Oh, totally. This agree. guy
1: has made this Boston team competitive. They they have a good team yeah. first concept that just really works. They Jason part ways Tatum, with him. He's gonna no, that phone's right. gonna
0: ring off the hook and he's gonna have Look, jobs. The, ready. the
1: constant here over the last decade plus, even going back to the Doc Rivers era with Paul Pierce, yeah. and Kevin
0: Garnett, and all
1: those guys. Has been Danny Ainge. Oh, damn. Yeah,
0: so absolutely. if I'm ownership, like I said, you know what
1: I mean? Danny Ainge, you're sitting on these draft picks. You're sitting on these trade yeah. exceptions. You're sitting on all of this this capital, and you're not making – you're making zero moves. You're not yeah. doing squat. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I think Danny Ainge's butt's on the hot seat. Yes, I maybe agree. that means that they make some moves. Maybe they get rid of Marcus Smart finally. Maybe they do some stuff this offseason but again, you know, you're trying to run it back with yet the same squad that you had. Evan Fournier doesn't move the needle one way, you know, really north in any way. He I kinda agree. keeps it yeah, neutral. No, I totally agree. So I mean, yeah, you really didn't do anything. Um, and, and that's just if I'm a Boston fan, that's just really disheartening because you have you've had these opportunities to swing for the fences and bring somebody yeah. in. If it
0: doesn't work, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But it's not working now, right? Yeah, good point, right? Twenty three and twenty four, it's not working right no, now. No, it's not. It's not.
1: So uh, you know, and the other one of the other moves was you know the Clippers going after Rondo. They they traded away Lou Williams, a, a team favorite, a league favorite. Um, you know, I, I think that you know Lou Williams gets to get, get all the uh, the Magic City wings that he wants, and he gets to do all the <laughs> stuff he wants there in Atlanta. Um, you know, and and look, man. You know, I feel bad for Lou Williams. I mean, this is a guy that I think is a victim of his own success. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he is such a consistent scorer off the bench, because of yeah. his willingness to come yeah. off the bench, because of his team-first mentality in that regard, he becomes trade bait regardless of what team he goes yeah, to. Yeah, I think And right. it's unfortunate. Yeah. Because uh, I yeah. do think he found a home, and what he was able to do with the Clippers the last several years, you know, was really help bring that bench – you know, and that team to a different level that I don't even think a Paul George or Kawhi Leonard were able to do. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, Rondo, all of a sudden your offense off the bench goes from 18 points a game down near 20 points a game to less than 10 points a game. Yeah. I mean, assist totals are about the same. You know, there's not really a whole lot. But what Rondo brings that Lou doesn't is that the Clippers are hoping that Ron, playoff Rondo... Yeah. That existed last yeah. year for the Lakers yeah. comes into play here. Totally. And so I think if, you know, you're the Clippers, it's a move I understand. I you know, unlike Boston or something like that, like I can understand this move if you're if you're the Clippers. Um, you know, you bring in a floor general that can that can direct the offense. You don't sure. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard don't have to have the ball in their hands. Rondo can make that happen for them. And Rondo will make the bench guys better. Yeah, I Absolutely. totally agree. He yeah. will. I yeah. mean, he, that's what he yep. did with LA. I mean, yep. you know, with the Lakers. So he's going to do that for them. Uh, you know, apparently rumor has it this, you know, this morning that the the Clippers are in talks to sign uh, DeMarcus Cousins to a 10-day yeah, contract. Yeah,
0: right. Okay. Um, okay. you know, he
1: he played well early in the season for yeah. Houston um and then they just ended up going, you know, full bore into the Christian Wood rebuild. Yeah. So, you know, I, I again, I, they struck out on Andre Drummond. They didn't get Lamarcus Aldridge. So I understand why they need another big, especially to counter sure. the Lakers getting Andre sure. Drummond, yeah. which we'll touch on here in a moment. But yeah. you know, I I mean, you know, the Clippers are making some moves too, and you know, they're they're playing for those playoffs, and they've yeah. been playing better as of late. Seven and three in their last ten. They did lose one here recently. But, you know, I, I mean they're sitting there comfortably, fairly comfortably at third. Yeah. You know, and so they're playing good basketball right at the right time.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. And I agree. I think this was a move for the postseason purely, you yeah. know, and, and you made some great points about Lou Williams being there and all this scoring, all this stuff that he offers off the bench. I don't, you know, Lou, I like Lou as a player. I really do. I just, his game doesn't translate to the postseason, right? He gets a lot much, of quirky yeah. buckets. He, he, You know, his scoring sometimes comes off of unconventional shots and things like that stuff you don't necessarily want to be doing in the playoffs. So I kind of – I see it. We're going to swap Lou out for a guy in Rondo. Playoff Rondo, like you said, I think that's what the Clips are hoping they get back. But, you know – Maybe, and maybe it's a locker room thing too, right? Because if Rondo decides to speak up and he's wearing championship rings and yeah. Oh, by the way, I was putting up triple doubles in the finals before you boys were even in the league, you you know, years ago. And I won it last year while you were getting beat by the nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll listen. I don't know if Lou had that, you know, like love Lou. He's been for the Clippers for a long time, but again, hasn't won anything either. So I think maybe that, that might be part of it. Right. Rondo speaks up. Maybe guys like Kawhi and Paul George are a little bit more willing to listen to him.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Maybe I, think,
0: I, think, I think you could be
1: right. I mean, you know, the, the Clippers, we, we talked about this, I think, going into the season, you know, yeah. and, and Kawhi Leonard's leadership and his yeah, lack we... of being a vocal leader. Yeah. Uh, Paul did. George wants to be a vocal leader, but every time that dude seems to say something, he immediately, the next game or whatever— you know, inserts his foot in his mouth yeah. and does something stupid. <laughs> yeah. So, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's and true. Rondo yeah. could do that. Yeah. The thing is, is that I think that, you know, the, the problem I have, and I understand what you're saying, Yeah. about Lou Williams come playoff time and stuff like that doesn't necessarily translate well. I do think you need a consistent score off the bench. Oh, and Lou, yeah, what no, what I know. What Lou totally Williams agree. can do certainly is he can create a shot. So if the shot yeah, clock is winding down, yeah, that's he true. can create a shot. Rondo can create. But not entirely for himself. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah, no. He's... But what
1: I think, though, is that Lou Williams was the heart and soul of that team. Yeah. I really think that. Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams, you know, when they were clicking last season, it seemed, it was because of those two. I mean, All you're right. talking about damn near 40 points coming in off the bench yeah, between it's a those lot. two. that's a lot.
0: Yeah, that's Lee, you that's know, true. was
1: one of the best benches in the league because yeah. of those two. If I'm not mistaken, outside of Dennis Schroeder, you know, that was two of the top three vote-getters yeah. in sixth-man you're,
0: you're right. Yeah, you're correct.
1: And Lou yeah. Williams, he yes, Rondo might be able to speak up in a huddle, might be able to speak up in that locker room, but he doesn't have that same kind of flair or that same kind of passion that's going to help rally the troops, uh, uh, you know, in the way that Lou Williams did. And I, I, I think trading away a guy like that for the Lakers, it's somebody like Jared Dudley, I think, to some degree. Yeah, okay. All right. You know, these are guys that may not play a whole lot, but... Obviously, Lou Williams plays, but these are guys that people do listen to. They they bring a something to the team that's not so serious all the time. So I do think there's a little bit of an identity crisis there in Clipperland. You know where they're kind of maybe lacking. Pat Beverly tries to do that, but much like Paul George, this is a guy that does something, says something, and then immediately it does something to negate whatever he said.
0: Good point. And so
1: you know, and yeah. Pat Beverly Rondo they're two very similar players yeah Rondo obviously has the rings he's got the caliber you know uh, of play in the playoffs that Beverly does not um you know it's just a very interesting thing but I do think it's a move like you said hundred percent I agree with this is a move for the postseason yeah this yeah. is a move to bring in yet another veteran that's gonna help him in the postseason um you know so I, I do think that that's what that was um you know and speaking of postseason uh, you know, you've got. We're, I'm going to talk about this one first because there's a little bit more we could touch on uh, sure. in the second one. Yeah. But Andre Drummond finally got bought out.
0: Yeah. There was no yep. trade partners. Yeah, no, no trade partners. Now, Cleveland yeah. didn't
1: make anything happen with regards to yeah. that. Apparently, there's an article in a bleacher report talking about, um, uh, you know, everything that they tried to do, the teams that they were talking to. Um but Andre Drummond's a Los Angeles Lakers.
0: Yes, he is, yeah. You
1: know, a few quite a few episodes already we ago we were talking about how it was that it seemingly Andre Drummond was going to the Nets. Yeah, and, right. That's know, what all the talk was. Yeah. Not without a sense of humor, and he ends up on my Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this is a guy that can rebound the hell out of the basketball. Yeah. He might yeah, be yep. the best rebounder in the yeah, game. Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, currently.
1: Definitely. Um, you know, uh uh a guy that's you know ha, had been at one point in time when he was playing in Cleveland the season averaging almost 20 points a game uh, and about 13 and a half 14 rebounds a game you know block shot or two. this is a guy that's really going to anchor things for the Lakers. Um, you know his debut is going to be tonight apparently um, against your yeah, Milwaukee bucks against my
0: bucks yeah um, yep. so that's
1: going to be an interesting one yep. just going up against Brooke Lopez and, and what you guys have going on there in Milwaukee. yeah you know, it's a home game for the Lakers. Um I'm curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. You know, you know, Chris, I'm I'm curious your thoughts, man.
0: Uh how do you think that the Lakers did on this one? I think they did well. Uh I think they did really well. I I because mainly you guys are a very good defensive team. You have been all year long. We've still been. We've lost Elvin, we lost LeBron yeah, and yeah, Anthony AD Davis, and, and, we're and we're still still the top the best. Best. five, yeah. yeah, you know, defensive teams. So yeah. I like it because you bring a guy in that can continue to kind of be a little bit of a rim protector. Obviously we know his rebounding. He's been the best rebounder in the league over the last three years. Um, You didn't have to pay much, obviously getting him for literally pennies on the dollar, you know, 800,000 out of the 28 million contract or whatever. So I think they did a great job as far as what they need. And then of course, you know, the big thing has been AD being out for as long as he's been out, he's going to be out a little while longer. So you know, to have a guy that can come in and take that role of rim protector, rebounder, and all those things. Now it'll be interesting to see um, if, you know, how Drummond adjusts to his role as well. Initially, probably going to get a little bit more playing time than he's going to get later on down the road, right? I mean, when AD and LeBron are healthy, you're probably looking at a guy that's going to get 15 to 20 minutes a game. He's probably going to get more than that right now. um, For a guy that for Detroit played as many minutes as you wanted, or yeah. Cleveland, excuse me, both of those teams. Yeah, you could take as many shots as you wanted because you knew you're going to get another two or three shots. You know, that's going to be a little different. The role is definitely going to be different. You know, I mean, if you guys go to Drummond three times in a row and he misses those shots, you probably ain't going to get the ball back again right away like he's <laughs> like he right. was in Cleveland. I mean, yeah, you got yeah. other options here, so I mean, it's, it's that thing that the adjustment, but as far as who is available what you paid and the fit i like the fit you know i don't know if all of the guys that traded places in the buyout market necessarily fit that good with the destination and more more importantly what that team needed to get yeah. you guys needed to get rim protection rebounding and you got it in, yeah. in in my opinion so especially with ad being out i think it's a great fit um Especially, and, and then when you look ahead later on down the road to the playoffs, and you look at you know how the Joker's been playing this year, uh, and you look at guy like you know Rudy for Rudy Gobert for yeah. for for the Jazz, you know DeAndre Ayton for yeah, Phoenix. exactly. Yeah. You know the teams that are at the top of the West that you're going to have to compete with, and they've got some stuff going. They, they're cooking on the in, on the interior too here with guys. You know, it's not just about shooting the three ball like the Warriors a couple of years ago. These guys have guys that are versatile and can do yeah. things inside. Joseph so, Morkic
1: for the Blazers. Yeah,
0: no. exactly. Like You can go right down the list. So the Lakers getting that guy, it, to me, I thought that was the best move they could have made, mm-hmm. to be honest yeah. with you. I don't think it was a big loss that you weren't able to get George Hill or even Kyle Lowry. I think this was the better fit and sure. the need that you the guy you need come postseason time yeah. to compete against the other Western teams. That's my thought on Drummond. I thought it was a great move for you guys. Yeah,
1: I mean I, I agree. I, I think it is a good move. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. I, I think, you know, one of the one of the caveats though is that this is a guy that despite kind of like Kevin Love several years ago. Uh, when he was in Minnesota, you know, this is a guy that's put up ridiculous numbers. I mean, yeah, he's put up yeah, these twenty twenty games, and, yeah, you know, ridiculous. this other kind of stuff. Yeah. But he's only been in the postseason twice.
0: Yeah, that's true. So,
1: you know, and obviously he hasn't been in any team he's been on, he hasn't necessarily been the focal point of an offense. And no, he's not gonna be that for no, the Lakers either. No, totally. But you know, one of the things in his introductory you know press conference that he had with the Lakers, you know, a couple days ago, you know, he was like, look, I'm just here to win games. Yep. And, you know, if there's one thing that Frank Vogel has proven that he can do in his tenure as the Lakers coach thus far is that he can coax and he can convince. And he, by all accounts, he's pretty straightforward with the guys of what their roles are going to be. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that benefits guys like Drummond because he's going to be like, look, we're going to we're going to dump the ball into you while AD's out. We're, we're going to look for you in the post. We're going to look. For, I mean, I don't know. This, this, I, I don't know if this conversation takes place, but it's what I imagine takes place. You know, or whatever, but your job is to rebound that basketball, yeah. get a second, third chance opportunities, yep. block some shots, but to clog that yeah. paint. You know, he's obviously more mobile, I think, than Marcus Gasol is. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, I'm probably. curious to know th- this. Most likely means that Marcus Gasol moves to the bench. There's talk this morning about Marc Gasol potentially being on the buyout market. Yeah, he hasn't been quite the player the Lakers expected, but no. I do think that that is also at fault for the Lakers. That's not entirely Marc Gasol's fault, because having AD and having LeBron. It's not like what the what the Raptors were able to do during their championship run, where you could put him at the pinch post and you could run, you know, uh, uh, Kawhi off the screens and get you know yeah. Gasol involved in the offense from a passing True. standpoint. The Lakers have not really done that with Schroeder, with you know, with LeBron. You've got these two ball handlers that can either create for themselves or their teammates, and Mark Gasol just hasn't quite fit, which yeah. is why at the beginning of the season I was kind of worried about. Losing both Dwight and Javale McGee for that specific purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, Drummond's going to do that. Now, you know, as far as playing time, you know, I think we keep Marcus all around. I don't think he gets bought out. Montrezl Har- Harrell has been an absolute rebounding beast, and since LeBron has been out and whatnot. You know, Montrezl Harrell has been a huge reason why we've been in the games that we've been in and why we've won the two games in a row that we have, despite the competition. This dude's been an absolute beast for
0: us. Oh, yeah. So,
1: you know, I I think that his minutes aren't going to go down. It gives Frank Vogel options in terms of lineups. It gives him the ability to play AD at his natural position at the four with Drummond, especially if Drummond's playing well. By all accounts, the last medical update for Anthony Davis was that he was going to ramp up his basketball activity. You know, just word came out that LeBron might be sitting for four to six weeks. Oh, so, nice. you know, if we can get AD back and incorporate him back, LeBron, you don't have to worry about. Yeah,
0: right. right yeah.
1: LeBron, he's going to come in. He's going to do LeBron things yeah. at his pace. You know, Anthony Davis, you probably want him getting a little bit more healthy, getting back in game shape, especially because he's missed the amount of time Yeah, he has. yeah. But Frank Vogel will be able to play Drummond and AD next to each other. You could play Drummond sure. and Montrez Harrell together. Hell, you could go super big, and you could play Gasol and Drummond together. Yeah. Probably yeah. not going to see you, that. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you have that the option. options are there, right. yeah. So that's good. From a matchup standpoint, you know, Drummond, if you're going to have to go up against a Philadelphia you know Drummond going up against Joel Embiid. I like the, the looks that we could throw at Joel Embiid with Gasol, with Drummond, with Montrez, sure. with AD. That's four big guys that we can yeah. throw down yeah. there at Joel Embiid, right? Not a whole lot on the New Jersey, on the Brooklyn Nets. Sorry, that scares me from a down low, you know, post kind of thing. It's not a whole lot of guys. Not a lot of guys. That those guys have to guard, you know. And right. if we yeah. ended up in the finals against the Brooklyn Nets. You know, Martin Nosal doesn't get any playing time. He, yeah, they no, make he like doesn't. they yeah. make like friggin' yeah. JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, and they don't play yeah. at all, yeah. right? Like I the totally Phoenix, agree, like the Houston yeah. series yeah. last year, they're not playing they're a playing lick.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but because they're just too slow footed. Yeah. But like you know, the thing is, is that you know, I'm interested to see how this works. I mean, by all accounts, this is not a guy necessarily that we're ne- interested in resigning.
0: Yeah, I know. It it seems like
1: we're taking a flyer and we're paying him less than a million bucks, so it could definitely pay dividends. I mean, this is a low risk, high reward type situation. I I
0: agree. Yeah.
1: It gives him the opportunity to really showcase his talent on a larger stage than what he had in either Detroit or Cleveland. You can finally see what kind of player he is. He's going to be on these nationally televised games. He's going to be in the playoffs. There's a lot of things going, and when you've got that motivation for trying to play for another contract for another team, whether it's the Lakers or otherwise, that's going to be motivation. Now, he also has to prove that he can play within the team concept. Well, yeah, yeah, otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to have yeah. a lot of suitors. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be an interesting thing going on there, um, you know, but by and large, I do like the move. I think it helps move us in a direction that we need to go. It's a really good stopgap move. For us yeah, before totally we get A D and yeah. LeBron back. Um, another guy that could kind of help us out offensively and defensively. Sure. So it'll be it'll be an interesting one. Um the one move the other move that really happened in the buyout market that really is quite outside of Jeff T going to the Bucks, which I think much like the Rondo move for the Clippers, that's a playoff move. That's a yeah, totally steady agreed, hand. Bro. That's a yeah. guy who's yep. gonna go out there and not yep. make many mistakes, exactly. help just run yep. that offense, yep. you know, from the bench. Help just kind of settle things yep. down when they need to. Probably plays down the stretch in the fourth quarter in a close game, just because of his what he can bring off. Yeah, know, from a steady hand standpoint, not turning the ball over and whatnot. Don't but worry. the other buyout move that happened was LaMarcus Marcus Aldridge going to the Nets. Yes, yes, L.A. to the Nets. Um, you know, I, you bring in yet another guy. That for the Spurs this season, one of the reasons why this dude ended up in the buyout market is because the Spurs were better with him on the bench than they were with him on the floor.
0: Yeah, you're right. And this you're is a, a guy you're that... You're 100% correct. Up until the last
1: couple of years, that was not the case with LA. No,
0: no, you're right. You yep. know, the
1: experiment in San Antonio didn't work. It it probably didn't work lasted a year or two longer than what it should have. Yeah,
0: I completely agree. Yeah. And it never really worked from the get-go. No, it I didn't. Mean, is, it was no. disastrous from the get-go, mm-hmm. to be honest here. yeah, Absolutely. Yep. But here's the thing. Yeah. You know, a team
1: stacked Nets team offensively, probably a team that uh, we've never seen before. We've never seen a team like this at all. Like that is just, it is insane how much talent is on this team. I mean, they've got a ridiculous amount of like 150 playoff appearances or something like that between like their starters, right? I mean, it's just absolutely bonkers, but their defense, their defense still didn't get any better. They didn't address anything, anything To to their defense, so why they keep adding these offensive pieces remains to be seen. But here's the thing, okay? I I I found this stat the other day, and (laughs) Brooklyn, as good as they have been, and they they're they're still, I want to point this out, they're still well, they're tied. They're tied for Philadelphia for the best record in the Eastern Conference at 32 and 15. They're eight and two and excuse me, in their last ten, you know, they've won two in a row. Here's the thing. Out of – they only have, out of their wins, out of 32 yeah. wins, they only have seven of them where they've won by 15 or more points.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So, they have 25 Ws that they did not blow out. Yeah. So, that is good for tied for 14th in the league. So, they're not blowing teams out. No. Their te- they're just they, winning. Recently, this last week, they struggled with Detroit. Yeah. They, yeah. They've struggled with the bottom tier teams, you know, in their division they're five and two. In at home they're eighteen and six. Have on they the road they're, 14 and, <laughs> yeah, right. for, yeah. they're 14, fourteen and nine. Yeah, they're fourteen and nine on the nine road. road. Okay. Now in a playoff picture where it doesn't look like there's going to be fans or anything, yeah. Chris, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah, that's true. The that's problem true. is, is that you know you're running. James Harden's minutes are up yep. from his time yeah. in Houston. Yeah, he's playing are. almost 38 yeah, and a half minutes, a almost 39, minutes. 40 yep. minutes a game. Yep. Granted, that'll change a little bit when, when KD comes back because sure. he's still not back. Right. Kyrie Irving's been up and down. I mean, yeah. James Harden, by, by and large, has been your most consistent player since the trade. Yeah, you're right. Playing yep. time-wise or otherwise. Yeah. So you're relying heavily on him. Yep. Which, what does that mean? Come playoff time, who knows?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But defensively, you're not blowing these teams out. And you know what I mean? Like, that's concerning. If I, I, you know, teams that you should be absolutely demolishing, even if you have no defense. Yep. Yep. Teams that you are not
0: demolishing. Dude, that's bad news bears, bro. Totally agree. Hey, look, I was... (laughs) I was happy to see Drummond go to the Lakers and not the Nets, because that was worrisome for me, especially as a Bucks fan. And I'll be honest, I thought it was great that they got Aldridge, because I said the same thing as you. Look, I this isn't this isn't the guy from five, six, seven years ago, the nope. Portland Trail Trailblazers, LA guys. This is a guy, Mikey, you pointed it out when you first started talking about it made San Antonio so much worse defensively, he was unplayable. Like Guys, in the games, they were 14 points better defensively in games that he didn't start this year. That's a huge gap, 14 points better defensively. His plus-minus the last two years in the league, minus 2.4 last year, minus 2.8 this year. That means over the last two years of basketball, every time that dude was on the floor, his team was outscored by 2.5 points. That's not good. That's right. not really good. So, you could be I don't know what he's got left offensively. You can still score 12 or 13 a game, but if you're giving up 17 while you're on the floor, guess what? You're I mean, you're not. You're not helping your team at all, right. you know? So, to me, I agree with you 100%. This team still needed some kind of defense, you know? And I just I I don't know. You you added Blake Griffin before. Now you've added Aldridge. Two guys that can score, yeah, the scoring's going to be there. When their second unit comes in, they're still going to be able to score, but there's still no defense anywhere. Like you said, what yeah. happens when you get to a seven-game series? What happens when you get to the fourth quarter of Game 7 and James Harden's been playing 38, 40 minutes all season long and he's still sitting there chucking up threes with dead legs? I don't know. I mean, yeah. it didn't work for Houston. They never could get over the hump yeah. and, and because mainly I think that dude was tired come the end of those playoff yeah. games. Like... From just running, running yeah. everything in Houston. Now he's doing it in Brooklyn, while you know KD gets healthy and Kyrie takes games off and everything. Like, I still don't know. Th- these guys still all have to come together, play yeah. together. Well, and that's the
1: thing is that KD, for by all accounts, from what I've seen, I haven't seen at all when this dude is coming back. Yeah. And if you're yeah. coming in this back half of this, you know, this back half of the season you know, at some point you have to bring him back because you're going to have to get him in game shape. You're going to have to g- develop some resemblance of yeah. chemistry. Yeah, the because,
0: Clippers did it, and we saw that correct. worked out right. last and, year. And,
1: you know, KD is by and large an ISO scorer. He's an yeah. isolation guy. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, how does this work? And James Harden has been a willing passer. He's always been a willing yeah, passer. Yeah, he has been. So, totally. I mean, I'm not sitting here trying to take anything away. Kyrie no, is no, taking a step all. back from ball yeah. handling duties, basically told yeah. Harden, hey, you take it, I'll play off the ball you know something that i was questioning i didn't know I who was going to do that right too.
0: yeah and that's worked out so but when
1: you're trying to incorporate all these pieces and then you're going to have to show some resemblance of defense i mean look you're paying. you're, you're only playing at the 12th best pace in the NBA. yeah your offensive rating is 117.4 which is number 1 in in the league yeah. great we knew that yeah we knew that we knew we that, knew that. Sure. but your defensive rating is 113.6 yeah. good for 26th in the league, Yeah, not good, right? Not good at all. So I mean, this is not—you're a contending team yeah. that is in the bottom. I mean, the bottom. Cell yeah, of dude, defense you're in the league.
0: right there with the Timberwolves and Detroit, and, Detroit. And, Orlando. and Orlando. You're <laughs> you're in there with Cleveland.
1: You're you know everybody that just blew up their team, right? Basically. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, if it weren't for your offense, you would be a lottery team.
0: Yeah, good point. Right? You would be yeah, if it weren't yeah. for your offense. Yeah. Your
1: historically good offense you would be a lottery team, you know? And, and so it's just, it's mind boggling to me again. Yeah. On paper, this team is stacked, but as a basketball fan and, and, and there's a big time basketball fan granted I'm a Laker fan, but like, I just don't see how this is something that you can trot out there come playoff time. Yeah. Your first round series, you're probably going to win, but once you get deeper into those playoffs and plays aren't going your way, you know, yeah, they're going to be really good. But you've played with KD for without KD for a large part of the season, you know he's gonna have to come back at some point. Otherwise, you're really he's really turning into this you know Grant Hill type player that just can't seem to get over the injury bug. Yeah. Um. And you know it, it just oh man I don't even know I I don't even know I don't know how it moves the needle. Um, you know, getting LaMarcus Aldridge. I guess it's a good insurance policy. You can probably play small. You can play L.A. at the five. You can play Blake Griffin.
0: Yeah, You know, But
1: but again, you're going to have, you know, that's cool. You can bring out those lineups. But Bruce Brown has been one of your best defenders. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Nicholas Claxton. Like, you've got guys that can play some defense. But if your offense is what your focal point is, then you you need to play defense. You're going to have to sub something. Something's going to have to be going to have to slip. Yeah, and you know who on your team still is going to stop Joel Embiid? Who on your team is going to stop Giannis?
0: Yeah, right, dude.
1: Now yeah. Giannis, to be fair, you know, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but Giannis is going to have to make some three pointers because if you're Brooklyn, yeah, yeah, you're Philly, definitely, yeah, you're sagging yeah. off of him, yeah. saying, dude, you can shoot that long ball yeah. all day long, because we're we're going to clog the paint, we're going to not allow you to get in the paint. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, so Giannis is going to have to prove that he can. Kick it up a notch, come playoff time, to have a chance against the Nets, to put that defense to the test.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: But yeah, I mean, I I just don't understand. I don't see how Mike D'Antoni, you know, and Steve Nash are going to be able to kind of finagle this one and make this work come playoff time. I really, really, honest to God, don't. I don't either. And this could be the This could be the year that, despite all years past where we know that defense wins championships, this could be the year where finally teams stop putting together these offensive juggernauts and yeah. really start to think about two way players and think about guys that can, yeah. you know, yep. contribute on both ends of the floor. You've got guys that can do that around the league. Yeah. It, it seems to be kind of a growing trend in that way. Mm. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't know, man. It's uh dude, it's just, it's a, it's an incredibly interesting thing. And I'm curious to see how this plays out in the back half of the yeah, season. Come me, play too.
0: me too, man. Totally agree. Totally agree hey episode 19 we're, we're winding down quickly mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, coming mm-hmm. out to the the last few minutes today but you know maybe quick you know one one more thing we could touch on a little bit sure you know um you you, you came up with a great article mikey i had an opportunity to read it we talked a little bit before we jumped on today but You know, it seems like the art of the triple-double, you know? Losing some meaning in today's yeah. NBA, right? It seems like guys are just pumping these out left and right. Like it's really not the anomaly it once was. Yeah. Um. You know, we'll, we should give a couple minutes to this one before we wrap it up. But Mikey, what's your take on that? You you, you still value the triple double like you once? Yeah. To? I
1: mean, you know, this article came about because Russ, you know, Westbrook put up 35 points, 21 assists, 14 boards, insane, I mean, an insane <laughs> stat line for sure, especially in the era of you know fantasy.
0: You know, oh, right. sports or whatever but I mean, yeah
1: you know the article was incredibly interesting um you know it, the the amount of triple doubles that have come up you know the last few years has been astronomical um, the amount of guys getting multiple triple doubles I mean you've had multiple guys over the course of the same stretch you know recording triple doubles um but you know you look at Russell Westbrook and You know, we could touch on this next week or whatever. I mean, Stephen A. Smith and him are kind of getting the spot or whatever. But, you know, and and I'm not trying to question his heart because one thing that you can never question with Russell Westbrook is his heart. Yeah. Westbrook, rather. But, like, the thing is, is that, like, okay, you put up that kind of a stat line. You won the game, but, like how many of those triple doubles did you record and you lost the
0: game? I mean, right. In which case, yeah. and Stan right. Van Gundy, right.
1: you know, came out and he basically said, I'd rather have a guy put up 35, 4, and 5 kind of thing versus yeah. a guy that puts up 10, 10, and 10. Right. And we lose the game, you know. Yeah. And what's yep. better, having 10 points or having 35 points? I mean, at the end of the day, yep. assists don't win the game. It's not who has the most assists. It's not who yeah. has the most rebounds. Who has the most points, right? So, like, yes, sixty-two game, 62 points. One board, one assist, but if you win that, if you won that game, by all right. Means, yeah, yeah. I will take yep. that stat line yep, over right. a triple double and a 20 yeah. point loss. Yeah, totally agree. I, you know yeah. I don't know. It's cool, but like it is. it's losing. I mean, you had um, what's his face from Indiana that just recorded a triple double a couple weeks ago. And, you know, he had 10 steals.
0: Now that, that – that's, that's an impressive right. one. Yeah. Give me, some, give me <laughs> yeah. a guy
1: that puts up 10 points yeah. and, and 10 boards and 10 block shots Yeah. Yeah, I do totally agree. Give me something like that. Yes. That's impressive. But yep. in the age – one of the things that that article talks about and it's incredibly interesting is that, you know, with the way that the rules are nowadays with not being able to hit players, with not being able to yeah. do certain things yeah. – it allows these guards, and there's good rebounding guards out there. Yeah, Russell there Westbrook yeah. being one of yeah, them, right? right? Rondo being one of them. There's guys that are good rebounding guards. That's why they get, you know, James Harden comes Harden, to mind. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, so but their ability to, you know, you can't check them, you can't do anything that helps yeah. prevent them get rebounds. So it's not as it, it definitely has lost its luster. It's a stat that used to mean something. Now it means something only because of the legacy that is basketball. It has yeah. always put emphasis on those kinds of stats. But again, you know, it, it's not something that's like that's an eye-boggling stat thirty-five, twenty-one, fourteen. I that's totally huge. agree, man.
0: Yeah, totally. A agree. Twenty-one
1: assists is yeah. impressive. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's still like the triple-double as 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 it stands not quite as impressive anymore.
0: I, I totally agree, man. I mean, and, and you know, one of the things that that article mentioned as well in today's NBA versus, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the, the the offensive change in the game, there's eight more possessions per game now, eight more opportunities to grab rebounds, eight more opportunities to make shots, to pass to your teammate, get an assist. Like, it's going to lead, every one of those possessions is a stat. You know, yeah. something's going to happen there. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I, I agree. I think it's kind of... A little bit to, to, to correlate with the NFL, right? A 300-yard passing game used to be this great thing. Now dudes pump them out left and right yeah. each week. Like, it's really not this big anomaly to have a 300-yard passing game or a 100-passer or a, a 100 passer rating. You know, right, that right. used to be this big yeah. glamour benchmark. Now, dude, 10, 15 quarterbacks sometimes are, are posting that any given week, you know? Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. I see that a little bit with the change in the game. Maybe this, you know, triple-doubles as well. I, I'm with you. I don't value them quite as much as I did, you know, a few years back. And, again, the game changing a little bit, I I think that's part of it. But, uh, yeah, dude, episode 19 wrapping up, yeah. you know, real quick. I got to give a shout-out to uh, college basketball is winding yeah. down. We've got the final four set. Gonzaga looks really impressive. Hey, UCLA is an 11 seed you know, sneaking into the yeah. Final Four. Uh, Oral Roberts at 15. 12 is kind of back in vengeance, Yeah, man, definitely. You know, Oral Roberts nearly beat Arkansas. It would have been the first 15 to get to the Elite Eight. So shout out to all those teams. Baylor is still alive as well. But, uh, guys, check out our Patreon. We appreciate all yep. the support out there. Balls and Beards Podcast. Find Mikey. Mikey likes it, of course. Uh, Balls and Beards Podcast. Check out the IG page. And uh, the Patreon. Hey, yep. guys, we appreciate the support. Yep. Anything in closing today, Mikey? Nope.
1: Hope everybody has a great week. We'll see you
0: on the flip. Awesome. We'll see y'all next week. It'll be episode 20 next week. Wow. Crazy, crazy. Have a good one, y'all. See ya.